thank you for joining the Alan Smith Sunday School Class Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be in Isaiah 40 and 41. And today we're going to talk about God renews. Um, before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord in heaven, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we thank you for the rain that you get, have given us. Lord, we thank you for the sunshine that you do give us every every day and every once in a while. And the sun, Lord, that you gave us, Lord, did out cross for us. Lord, we come before your throne of grace today, Lord, and thank you for who you are in our life. And Lord, how this lesson will apply to each and every one of us as you renew our life. And Lord, you give us that hope of the future and the trust in your word. Today, Lord, we pray for the COVID-19 victims, Lord, as the, as the continue of COVID-19 continues to ramp up. Lord, we thank you that you already know what's going to happen. And Lord, we're right around the corner from another election. And Lord, we've got two powerful people running for, for president of the United States. Lord, I, I pray that your will will be done. And Lord, the people will choose the one, Lord, that rightly divides the word. And Lord, will will give hope uh, as your chosen vessel to lead this country in the next four years. Lord, I thank you for our teachers, Lord, is there preparing uh, Zoom lessons and, Lord, virtual lessons along with class lessons. Lord, I know that's hard. Lord, I pray for the doctors and the nurses and everybody that's been having to work so much uh, time lately to help fight this COVID-19. And, Lord, I pray for the pastors, Lord, that have been preaching your word and the teachers, Lord, that have been trying to teach your word, Lord, to to the people, Lord, that cannot get out and go to church and the ones that are being closed in, Lord, I just pray that Uh, Lord, your will will be done in their life, and Lord, that we will find hope, uh, true hope in in this COVID-19, and Lord, that your word goes out, uh, your word says that it goes out without void, and Lord, therefore, it serves its purpose of whatever it is, so help us, Lord, to reach the ones we need to reach today on this uh, Anchor uh, podcast, and Lord, that you might get the glory. Lord, help us today to glorify your name and use us today, Lord, and we thank you for that, and Lord, if there's anybody out there or that needs help in any form or fashion, please get them to contact Liberty Baptist Church. Uh, They can contact Alan Smith Sunday School class also, Lord, there. Lord, I thank you for using the Alan Smith Sunday School class to reach people, and Lord, help us to glorify you with it, and Lord, help us to reach the lost. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, this week we know we're in uh, Isaiah chapter 40, and like I said, the lessons God renews, and we're studying from chapter 40, but we're going to be touching on chapter 41 and 42. And we know that God will bring justice. This has already been spoke out in the Bible that God's justice is true. It's, it's uh, current. And the first 39 chapters of the book of Isaiah have been about judgment and sin. The next two chapters, the ones we're studying today, will talk about the promise of redemption. God has already before used Assyria, and he's using them thus far, and he will use Babylon in the very near future as instruments of God's judgment on his people. And we've seen throughout the Bible that God is in control of all situations. God has promised us through his word that he will judge sin. All that has been promised has come true, and last week, Alan Kirkendall gave out a handset or a handout that shows the remaining promises to come. And as we look at some of these promises, we can see God is working now to get these things accomplished. 
The first thing to come is the rapture of the church. And this can come at any time because of what's being set up already of the second promise. And the second promise is the rise of the Antichrist. Daniel 9.27 in 2 Thessalonians 2, 1-12 says the Antichrist will establish a protective treaty with the nation of Israel, but break it during the tribulation. We can see how the Arab nations right now are right signing agreements with Israel. It's just a matter of time before God calls the church home and the tribulation period can begin. So today we need to look at ourselves and say, are you ready? This week's lesson is a turning point in the book of Isaiah. God reveals that through Isaiah that Babylon would eventually take Israel captive because of their sins. It hasn't happened yet. So God's already telling it, Isaiah to tell the country of Israel, this will happen to you. Thus, because of their sins of pride, if you remember, Hezekiah showed all of his jewelry and everything and all the gold and everything. Because of their sins of pride and rejection of God, God is going to judge Israel. But God. How many times have we ever heard that one? But God. God would task Isaiah to bring words of comfort. Now, how do you have words of comfort and words of hope when God just told you that you're going to be taken over by Babylon? Well, because the words of hope are for a return of Israel and the promise of redemption. With the judgment of Babylon on the people of Israel, the penalty has to be paid and will be paid. And they will return to their land after 70 years. God had told Israel these things so the people of Israel would have hope and place their trust in God. Not only did he tell them ahead of time, but he also told them a timeline, exactly how long they would be gone, 70 years. You see, only God can see the future and tell of it as already coming true. Here, Israel gets a do-over. Those of you that play golf know what a do-over is. It's a mulligan, a chance to start anew again. And so do we. You see, we get a new heart. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become new in the body of Christ. So today, this lesson is foretold about that also, and we'll talk about that in a minute. In chapter 40, verses 1 through 11, they tell of God revealing to Isaiah that God will comfort his people, his chosen ones. Romans 11, 2 tells us God is not, that has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. God has great plans for Israel because they are his covenant people. God prepares the way of the Lord, according to the Bible in the first 11 verses. Through John the Baptist, this is uh, Mark 3, 3, Mark 1, 3, Luke 3, 4 through 6, and John 1, 23. Thus, God shows who he is and how powerful he is and how con in control he is in verses 12 through 17. Who has the power? To create the physical universe, the earth in its perfect balance, between the mountains and the seas so that the earth spins on its axis perfectly and moves perfectly in space, perfectly throughout the Milky Way, and the Milky Way throughout the universe. Only God. Nothing can compare to God. So today, if you will, turn your Bibles to chapter 40. 
We're going to read verses 18 through 20, which is today's lesson. And I'll start right now. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? The workman molds an image. The goldsmith overspreads it with gold. And the silversmith casts silver chains. Whoever is too impoverished for such a contribution chooses a tree that will not rot. He seeks for himself a skillful workman to prepare a carved image that will not totter. Notice the words that are in this. God uses the word likeness in verse 18 to kind of tell us what God, what, what do you think God might even look like? When we know that in Genesis 1:26, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. See, God's not just a faithful God. God's a God uses all the words that he talks about in the Bible to come back to help him preach the word. This shows that God thought of man first, and man cannot make a God. Man can only make an image or an idol that they have to think about what God might even look like or something to bow down to. Thus, God made man, and man can't make a God. Man has to make an idol to worship as, as a God. Think about that. But our question today is who or what do you put your trust in? Do you have faith? We tend to look for God to work in miraculous ways. The truth is, more often than not, God works through normal events in history. We don't sometimes see it. Sometimes we fail to look for the miracle while all along it's right in front of us. We seem to trust in our job, our positions, our health, or our wealth, and fail to realize these are idols that are in our life, and we're trusting in them. They can all be different, and they can all be gone in just one instant. Just look where we're at right now with our current pandemic and what we call normal now. You see, it's not normal. We don't know when normal or if normal ever will return. Thus, trusting the Lord has to be our first priority. Do you have, do you have things in common in your life that you hold on to? Some of us just can't seem to get rid of what we've lived through. We tend to hold on to material things because of what our parents have taught us about the Great Depression. We don't let go completely. But Paul tells us in Philippians 4 that we need to be content in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. Making do with little and know how to make do with a lot. In all circumstances, being content in God. Verses 21 through 26 teach us this. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He brings the princes to nothing, and he makes the judges of the earth useless. Scarcely, scarcely shall they be planted. Scarcely shall they be sown. Scarcely shall they, their stock take root in the earth, when he also will blow on them and they will wither, and the whirlwind will take them away like stubble. To whom then will you liken me, or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and see 
who has created these things, who brings out the host by number. He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. This is what Isaiah is saying through God, or God saying through Isaiah, excuse me. How do you not know? By now, how have you not heard? Have you not seen and do you not understand? Do you not comprehend what I'm trying to teach you? You see, as creator God, he formed the foundations of the earth. He created the universe. He knows. God told them in this, if you read it, God told them that the earth was in a circle. It was not flat this many years ago. The stars that some people worship that we see all around, he made them. And he calls them all by name. Nothing is out of his control. He is the one who raises up rulers and can unmake them. Leaders of the earth have no power unless God gives it to them. I think we've heard that before when Jesus said that. He said, you would have no power if not given to you from above. So if the God of the universe says he will bring his people out of captivity, then you can be assured it will happen. God is in control of the entire process from the beginning to the end, and God will keep his promises. When we're faced with trials, we have a Savior who demonstrated his love for us by dying for us, Romans 5, 8. And when we lose heart or become stressed or even disappointed, we can look to Christ and we can be confident of our current situation, even though we may not like it, we can also be confident of our eternal salvation. This we do know. Christ has died and paid the price for our sins. We must repent and call upon the Lord as our Savior and make him the Lord of our life. Verses 27 through 31 say this. And why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. You see, God never grows tired, nor is he weary. He is the creator, and he is the everlasting. They have no excuse. God says, you have no excuse for not knowing me. God has told them and us and proved himself all alone. He knows everything, and there's no detail that escapes him. Trusting in him provides strength and encourages us to press on in the midst of whatever situation we face. If we trust him, he will provide our strength and the power to mount up and soar like eagles, to run and not be weary, and to walk and not faint. He provides, and we have no reason to despair. We find strength through God to keep on traveling forward in this life for his glory.
Look to him for your answers and your hope. As Paul says in Philippians 4.13, I'm able to do all things through him who strengthened me. Today, you've heard the gospel. Today may be your last day, or it may be the day of the rapture of the church. Either way, you can live forever with God if you'll accept his son, Jesus Christ, as the Lord of your life. This we know. The end is imminent, and your future lies in his hands. There is no place I would rather be than in his hands. I hope you've enjoyed today's lesson. I look forward to being with you next week. God bless.